Hello, I'm Todd Martin from Smithville Mennonite Church, and I'm glad you've joined me for this time we can share in God's Word. <clears throat> but first, let me pray and get out of the way. O oh Lord, I pray that there would be more of you and less of me. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we will open a book of the Bible that I've never preached from, and there's good reason for that. This is one of the most mysterious books of the Bible, with wild and wonderful images Bible scholars still argue about today. Ezekiel saw things that no other prophet, prophet had seen, let alone wrote about. But right he did. This is the fourth longest book in the Bible, that is in Hebrew words. His messages spanned over 22 years, and these were hard years. You see, God had been warning his people they needed to repent of their evil ways and turn to him or else. Well, now or else had happened. Babylon had invaded and exiled, that is, taken away from home God's people, Ezekiel included. Still in the middle of this mess, God is trying to get their attention. One of his main attention-getters is to call out a prophet, and Ezekiel was his man. Does any of this sound familiar? I believe we are living in a strange time right now. I believe God has been warning us, and now we have a mess of our own. This is where this wild and wonderful book intersects with our time. I believe there are messages we need to hear and heed today. Ezekiel repeats over 60 times, then they will know that I am the Lord. Dear friends, today we need to know who is God. Who is in control? Who is worthy of trust and worship? Who will get us through? And who will deliver us in the end? This series theme is that often repeated phrase in Ezekiel. Then they will know that I am the Lord. By the end of this series, I hope we will know who is God. But for now, the point for today's sermon is this. Like it or not, the truth needs to be told. Now, when I preached this at Smithville Mennonite, uh, we did a little interactive in that when I would say, like it or not, the church would repeat, the truth needs to be told. If you'd like to do that with me while I move through the sermon, feel free. You can try it right now. Like it or not, the truth needs to be told. Now, there are lots of things in life we like that we want to hear about and enjoy. But at the same time, there are things we don't like, things we don't want to hear and won't enjoy. But if they are true, we need to know them. If you didn't know it, 
I turned 50 this year. This means I got to go on a new health adventure. And for those who have been around Smithville Mennonite for a while, you know, adventure is whenever uh, God calls you out of your comfort zone and into the unknown. So I got to go on a health care adventure called a colonoscopy. Now, I won't go into the details, but to say that it's to see if you have cancer. Now, what you probably don't know is that our family witnessed two of my wife's cousins die of colon cancer. So I actually wanted to know if I was in danger too. You see, like it or not, the truth needs to be told. Perhaps there's a truth in your life God needs to reveal to you. I pray that as we open his word, that you would know the truth God has for you. Because, like it or not, the truth needs to be told. So let's dig in to this book of Ezekiel. In your student Bible, that is the Bible that we have at Smithville Mennonite, uh, it's on page 854. And chapter 1 is where we'll begin. Now while you turn there, you need to know chapter 1 gives a nice intro to who Ezekiel is and gives one of the wilder visions of creatures and wheels. How many people, I wonder, remember the double Ferris wheel at the Wayne County Fair? Now imagine a quadruple one with wilder creatures than you'll even see at the fair riding on it. This is a book of special effects to dazzle the viewer. And this is why at Smithville Mennonite right now, we have wheels hanging all over the walls. And uh, we're so glad that we can do visual aids. You should stop by and see it sometime if you are able. So you can go there and read through all of chapter one if you wish to see these wonders. But for now, let's zero in on our man Ezekiel and his call in chapter one, verse 25. The light show that had been happening is focusing now on one figure. Then there came a voice from above the expanse, over the heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the expanse, over their heads, was what looked like a throne of sapphire. And high above the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw, from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire, and brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down and heard the voice of the one speaking. I'm in chapter 2, verse 1. And he said to me, Son of man, stand upon your feet, and I will speak to you. As he looked, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me, they and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. 
The people whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. Verse 6, And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you, and you are living among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or terrified by them. Though they are a rebellious house, you must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. Now, if you'd like to jot down a, a sub-point for verses 125 through chapter 2, verse 7, even rebels need a revelation. Even rebels need a revelation. Do you know a rebel that needs one? That's your application question. And perhaps if you don't know a rebel that need, needs a revelation, maybe you are the rebel that needs the revelation. In verses 25 through 28, we see an incredible vision of God actually showing up. This is totally overwhelming to Ezekiel, as it would be to us as well. There is a sense in our day and age that God is someone we can play with. That he's an old grandpa-looking guy with a long white beard. That God is no big deal. And some even scoff, if God is real, let me see him. This attitude illuminates their ignorance. If God would show himself, we would be completely undone. Recently, I fulfilled a dream on our staycation. That is, we didn't go on uh, a vacation out of state. We stayed right here. And so I got to drive a Lamborghini. Now, I was all excited, but after I got in it and actually uh, drove this machine really hard, I was undone. The power was actually scary. It went too fast. My stomach turned, and after a while, I just needed to get out of that car and let it sit. Friend, you need to know, God is more powerful than a Lamborghini. He is more powerful than anything, and we need to realize that because, like it or not, the truth needs to be told. In verses 1 through 7 of chapter 2, we see the call of Ezekiel, which reveals three things. First, he's going to rebels, people whose parents were rebels before they were rebels. I'm sure he said, yep, just like his daddy. Bad begets bad. Fruit don't fall far from where? The tree. Ezekiel knew these people because he was one of them. This is probably why he was so faint. Friends, you know, I have a great deal of respect for people who are called to foreign missions, to people other than their own. But I believe as great a challenge is the call to your own people. I recently heard of a kid at school who saw a friend cheating, and all he did was call his friend on it. He didn't tell the teacher. 
He didn't tell the rest of the class. He just called the kid on it and said, hey, you shouldn't be cheating. Boom. This guy was despised. In fact, the cheater told her friends about the boy who called her on it, as if he was the bad one. This is the kind of people Ezekiel was called to minister the truth. Does that sound like fun? Not so much. Second, that is the second element of his call. You got to tell them the truth, even if they listen or not. There is something both frightening and freeing in this. It's scary to think people will despise or ignore you for telling the truth. It makes you wonder what's the point. God says, don't be afraid. And why is that? Because it's also freeing. As we are not ultimately responsible for others' response to the truth. Yes, we need to tell them the truth. But then it's up to them and God Almighty. God does hold us responsible to tell the truth faithfully, with courage and compassion which is no small task in itself. But then the spirit that got Ezekiel up on his feet, feet will get others up too. You know, someone needs to hear that again. You are not responsible for a rebel's response to the truth. Like it or not, the truth needs to be told. Now, let's read a little more. To get to the last part of his calling. I'm in verse 8 of chapter 2. But you, son of man, listen to what I say. Do not rebel like the rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll, which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written the words of lament and mourning and woe. Verse 3. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it. And it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, Son of man, go now to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and difficult language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many peoples of obscure speech and difficult language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. And textual time out. That's the foreign missions I was talking about. The people of a foreign land would have actually listened to Ezekiel. Okay, time in. Let me get that last verse. Verse 7. But the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hardened and obstinate. Your subpoint for chapter 2, verse 8 through chapter 3, verse 7. Enjoy the sweet taste of truth. Enjoy the sweet taste of truth. That's what we get from verse 3, especially. 
then I just wonder, is there a, a truth that God wants you to internalize? Here's the third and last element of Ezekiel's call. After God tells him he's going to rebels who won't listen to him, he lets him taste the truth, and it tastes good. This past week, I had a person gift me some fresh honey. This was the pure nectar from his hives. It looked like liquid gold, but tasted like pure wildflower smell. Friends, it's sweeter than sugar. You see, like it or not, the truth needs to be told. And sometimes we'll actually like the truth. Did you know that to a godly truth, I'm sorry, to a godly person, that's how truth tastes. Ezekiel's first two parts of his call weren't all that tasty, but this was. He would be sharing the word of God from his inner being. He would be internalizing the truth God would have him to share, and it was sweet. I wonder if there is a sweet truth God wants you to internalize. Now, over our staycation, I found a whole hive of holy sweetness. The person who gave me that honey uh, that he got from his hive, he said he had gotten eight gallons of honey from one hive. Now that would supply a lot of sweetness. Now I would like to tell you how you can get a supply of God's sweet truth. And there's no bees to sting you. The source of this sweetness is a little book with a big title. The title of the book is The Checkbook of the Bank of Faith being precious promises arranged for daily use by C.H. Spurgeon. Now this book has 365 promises God gives us, one for each day. And I'm finding these sweet truths I can internalize. Maybe you should too. Ezekiel's calling was a tough one, but it was infused with sweetness of God's truth. I don't know how tough your calling is, but somebody needs a little sweetness in their day as they seek to follow God faithfully. Actually, everybody needs a little sweetness. So I'm going to invite you to go and check out the checkbook by Spurgeon. Uh, again, you can just Google uh, checkbook of faith, C.H. Spurgeon, and it should pull it up on your computer. Or you can go to my blog. Uh, you can go to our website, smc585.org, and click on the Just So You Know blog, and it'll actually pull up the book that you can read through and have a little holy honey for your tummy. Let's read a little bit more of how God will help Ezekiel. Verse 8, But I will make you as unyielding and as hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious house. And he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your countrymen in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a loud rumbling sound. 
May the glory of the Lord be praised in his dwelling place. The sound of wings of the living creatures brushing against each other and the sound of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound. The Spirit then lifted me up, took me away, and I went in bitterness and in anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord upon me. I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Abib, near the Kabar River, and there they were living. I sat among them for seven days, overwhelmed. Uh, verses 8 through 15, subpoint. You were made for this. Do you believe God can and will prepare you for what you have to do? A favorite sign sermon, that is, a uh, a saying I put out on our sign out in front of our church on State Route 585. Uh, one that I put out and I need to remind myself of regularly is where God guides, God provides. Where God guides, God provides. Ezekiel was facing some hard-headed people, so God made his head as soft as a pillow, right? No, not at all. He made him a match for his calling. God will do the same for you. You need, perhaps you feel unprepared for where God has put you. Maybe you need to internalize verses 8 and 9. Like it or not, the truth needs to be told. That is to say, not every calling requires you to have a hard head, but rather whatever you need to fulfill God's purposes. Again, not every... Every calling requires you to have a hard head, but rather whatever you need to fulfill God's purposes. I face many situations where God doesn't need to give me a hard head, which, by the way, is my default. Rather, he needs to give me a soft heart to handle people's brokenness. I recently found myself in a situation that was difficult. I wasn't sure how to proceed. Then God just broke my heart. For the people involved, and I found my way forward. This is what God does. Look at that challenge question one more time. Do you believe it? Again, that question was, do you believe God can and will prepare you for what he will have you to do? What God did for Ezekiel, he can do for you and me too. All right, let's finish up with what God did with Ezekiel after a week of sitting overwhelmed. I'm in verse 16. At the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them a warning for me, from me. When I say to a wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to dissuade him from his evil ways in order to save his life, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the wicked man, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his evil ways, he will die for his sin, but you will have saved yourself. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil, I will put a stumbling block before him. He will die. 
Since you did not warn him, he will die for his sin. The righteous things he did will not be remembered, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. Verse 21 is key. But if you do warn the righteous man not to sin, and he does not sin, he will surely live because he took warning, and you will have saved yourself. The hand of the Lord was upon me there, and he said, Get up and go out to the plain, and there I will speak to you. So I got up, went out to the plain, and the glory of the Lord was standing there like the glory I had seen by the Kabar River, and I fell face down. Then the Spirit came to me, raised me to my feet. He spoke to me and said, Go shut yourself inside your house. And you, son of man, they will tie with ropes. You will be bound so that you cannot go out among the people. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be silent and unable to rebuke them, though they are a rebellious house. But now please listen to verse 27. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Whoever will listen, let him listen. And whoever will refuse, let him refuse. For they are a rebellious house. Your last point for today. From verses 16 through 27, welcome the watchman. And then my application question is this. Who are you to watch and warn? Who are you to watch and warn? This is a powerful word for accountability for us here. This resonates with what I'm teaching in our membership class at Smithville Mennonite. In our Confession of Faith, the little book that outlines what we believe as a church, it talks about speaking the truth in love to each other. Article 14 in that little book is where it is, and we always read over that very slowly. It's the essence of what Ezekiel is hearing from the Lord. As God's people, we are always to be attached to each other. Our destinies are intertwined. The dramatic language makes it vivid, like in verse 21. But if you do warn the righteous man not to sin, and he does not sin, he will surely live because he took the warning. And you have saved yourself. There's a spirit running through our culture that has been here for a while, but is now really rearing its ugly head. It's a spirit that says, nobody can tell me what to do, and I won't listen even if somebody tries. Oh, friends, watch out. That's the same spirit God's people had in Ezekiel's day. You see, like it or not, the truth needs to be told. Whether it's colon, uh, doctor, or the friend you are accountable to, I hope you will welcome the watchman in your life. Those people who are called by God to care enough to speak the truth to our lives. We are in a difficult season as a church and as a society in general. It's easy for fear of darkness all around us to intimidate us. But remember this, the darker the night, the more the stars shine bright. The last part of the text is scary to read. Ezekiel is not heading down an easy road. Maybe your road looks tough too. But God will be with him, and he will be with you too. As we journey with Ezekiel for the next several weeks, I hope we will come to know God in this wild and wonderful book, just like Ezekiel did. 
The best part is that Jesus shows up a little later. Spoiler alert, by the end of this series, we will encounter vivid pictures of our Savior and even of resurrection. This is where I simply must tell you that without Jesus to guide you through this series, it will be difficult. Right now, if you've never begun a relationship with God, now is the time. Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. He came to free us from sin, and he did. Open your heart to him today, even now as I pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the strong words of truth that have come through in this wild and wonderful book of Ezekiel already. Lord, I pray that you would guide us in your truth. And Lord, if there's anyone listening now who doesn't know you, I pray that through the power of your word and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, they would come to know and accept you. Lord, make your truth manifest in our lives today and in the days to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.